Hello and welcome to True North EV. Today I'm going to be chatting with Jean-Pierre who actually is the creator, designer, all that jazz uh, with the EV OBD2 reader. Um, I want to, before I get started, I do want to kind of talk about some people who have contacted me. Um, we have Eric from, I'm assuming BC, who actually reached out and told me that he was he actually purchased a 39 kilowatt 2020 Kia Soul. Uh, he purchased it in Nanaimo, so I'm assuming he's from BC. Um, and if that's not correct, you feel free to tell me, Eric. Uh, but yeah, and the other one, I actually forgot to write down the name, but he reached out to me on Facebook, actually with a very constructive criticism about how. He that whole podcast I did talking about how great the EV OBD2 reader is, um, how I really didn't explain it very well. So I'm um, hopefully with uh, Jean-Pierre here, we are able to actually, uh, actually tell how great it is, tell a little bit more about it, and maybe fill up, fill in all those little loose ends that I actually left out. Um, Hello, Jean-Pierre. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, <laughs> how are you? Not too bad. What was the first electric vehicle you wanted and why? Well, basically, my first electric vehicle was actually uh, a Kona, a high-end Kona. Uh, okay. Considering different brands and everything, and then uh, for the price point and performance and everything, I, you know, I choose the, uh, the Kona. And and do you currently still have the EV or the Kona, or do you got a different uh, EV now? No, I still have my Kona, and it's very nice that I have it, so I can you know develop my product and you know fine tune it and improve it. So I'm yeah, I plan to replace it anytime soon. Okay, nice. And, and is it a twenty nineteen then, or? That's correct. It's a 2019 Ultimate. Okay, so you got the bump up from me. I just have the preferred. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to get it very, you know, early on. And yeah. at that time, the only choice I had, I had was to get the, the Ultimate. Okay. Yeah, I think I waited four months for ours. <laughs> okay. <But yeah. laughs> And why did you want an electric car? Well, basically, uh, you know, I, I like technology and uh, I have a, a background in uh, computers and engineering and everything. And I want yeah. to move away from, you know, uh, gas, you know, and uh, because I see it coming. It's, you know, the energy of the future and it's the locomotion of the, of the future. So this is why I wanted to... Uh, go you know with an ev yeah and, and being in quebec it's a lot easier you got a lot more incentives that's uh, right we have nice, EV. yes we have nice incentives and then also we have a lot of uh hydroelectric power so it's yeah energy and everything so you know we, we're well situated and the context is nice to have an ev here and did you get your Kona uh, with the federal rebate also, or did you get it before 
that came into play? Unfortunately, I got it before the federal rebate, so I got a provincial okay. rebate uh, only. Oh. Which I think, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yours is seven thousand uh, dollars. Eight thousand, actually. Eight thousand. Okay, so I'd I'd be okay with eight grand. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. You know, basically, it you know the the this eight thousand uh, rebate covered the taxes. You know, r- yeah, roughly. Yeah, and what vehicle did you have before your Kona? Uh, my last one was a Mazda CX-7, uh, and it was a great car, and then I liked it pretty much. I owned it for nearly 10 years. So you shrunk your vehicle size a bit for this. Yes, yes. The, the, <laughs> you know, the, the little downside was the size, you know, in the trunk, yeah. the back. And for the passengers, I have two small daughters, which are, they are uh, uh, 11 and 14 years old. We tried it we, before I bought it and everything. And, you know, it, it was fine for them. And, yeah. uh, you know, we managed well. My wife has um, a Mitsubishi Outlander. A high- okay. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a bigger car. So yeah. uh, most of the time we take mine, but you know, if we want to go uh, uh, for a longer trip or you know go skiing with a lot of bags and everything, we we tend yeah. to use her car. But the rest of the time, I use mine, and it's fine. See, where you only have two kids, I actually have three. Okay, at eight, thirteen, and uh, almost two year old. I it's a little tight. That must be a challenge, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially going out to Alberta. It it gets interesting. Everybody's a little crammed in there, but I it see. works. Yeah. Do, do you um, use a rack on your roof or to put to put a uh I have not. Um there I was gonna borrow a friend's uh in the summer. We were gonna go camping and yeah. then we had to change campsites, and where we were going, I could not reach in the Kona. I see. So, unfortunately, I had to borrow a gas vehicle. I so, see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I definitely will be getting a roof rack just yes. for those camping trips. And now with the EVOBD2, I can actually make sure I actually get to where I'm going. <laughs> That's um, right. And did you find that you had to change any of your driving habits or anything uh, for switching over to an electric? Well, the main thing, uh, which is great, is the one-pedal driving. So, yes, no, we we almost you know rarely use our brakes, you know, our our foot brakes, everything. And so this was my main, you know, uh, adaptation I had to do. But I I love it, you know. uh, you need to use them once in a while if you don't want some rust, you know, on the brakes and everything. Yeah. But uh, it's really nice, you know, when, when you want to decrease speed and everything to let the regen uh, take over. That's very nice. Yeah. Uh, what has been the longest uh, trip that you've taken in the Kona? Okay, I did a long trip, uh, actually, not this summer, but the previous summer. Uh, yeah. uh, the first summer, I got the car, and then uh, I went from Montreal 
over the uh, Gaspé Peninsula. You know, I don't, I don't know, yep. know exactly where it is, but it's it's quite a long trip, uh, uh, almost let's say uh, fifteen hundred uh, kilometers, and uh, nice. it was great. And I did it, uh, you know, using uh, fast chargers along the way. And the place I stayed at some point, they had some uh, free chargers, so I could charge overnight on a level two uh, charger. Yeah, I used only a few times, you know, uh, fast chargers along the way, but it was great, and I had it was a great trip. And the trip is way cheaper than if you would do it in a gas. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I think I've I've calculated. I had free charging uh, a few nights, and then at that point, I used um, a fast charger, a Petro Canada charger, and at that time, it was. Free. Yep. Because they were just, you know, okay, yeah, everything. So I think for the total of the trip, it cost me around uh, less than twenty-five bucks dollars <laughs> to make the trip. <laughs> so that, that, that's you amazing. Could, you can't even do twenty-five dollars in a little, very fuel economical vehicle. Yeah, the, 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 uh-huh. that's amazing. And just to go off of the pros and cons of the Kona or any electric vehicle, what is the worst feature or item that you find in the Kona? Uh, Let me think here. Well, globally, it's the winter-type scenario where you get less range. Yeah. But you, it's not a real big you know, disadvantage because you, you can get around that. You, you need... Okay, you plan better your trip and everything. You, uh, let me think. I I don't really see a lot of disadvantage, actually. You know. Well, I, I'm even talking like it could be minor stuff. Like my big issue is the hard plastic on the center console. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 In my case, I, I it doesn't bother me because actually it gives me space underneath that uh, center. Console. Yeah, to, to hide some stuff. <laughs> so I know a lot of things, you know, uh, uh, USB power supply with a lot of yeah. outputs and everything. So I hide all my stuff over there. Over there, actually, yes, the the space in front is maybe a bit more cramped than my uh, yeah. Mazda CX-7 for sure. You know, I have less room for the legs and everything. Uh, yeah. Space is a little bit tight. Uh, but, you know, I manage most of the time. So besides that, I, I think these are the main points, you know, that uh, could be improved eventually in a different vehicle. Or... And, and I've been hearing from the Hyundai dealer that uh, Tucson or whatnot, a bigger SUV is coming out that's an electric, which I think will definitely help out. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. Uh, and it's funny because at that point, when I was considering getting the Kona, I was also looking at the Kia Nero, right? The Kia Nero, yeah. Nero EV. And then, but the timing, it was coming out later and everything. And I wanted to change before and availability was more of an issue, you know, than the Kona. Yeah. This is why I settled with the Kona. Uh, Maybe the Kia the Nero would have been a slightly better space-wise, but this that yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and that was kind of our issue is we kind of also wanted the Nero for that bigger size. And we're basically told, you're in Manitoba, you are not getting it. (laughs) We would have to go to Ontario in order to even get one. Yes, yes, yes. Um, And then to be on the positive side, what is the best part or feature of the Kona for you? Well, I guess the the Kona for me would be the best feature for an electric car globally because I cannot really compare with other EVs. But the best feature basically is the big satisfaction that you don't need to go tank, you know, at the fuel station. That's amazing. You know, I was there uh, before with my previous car. I was, you know, uh, filling up uh, every week, every week and a half or so. And then, you know, you need to go there and, you know, with with a car, yeah. with an EV, you don't need to waste time over there. You, you come back, you plug it in when you need to charge and that's it. So, and then you don't contribute to pollution and everything. So that's one of the main, you know, advantage. The, the car is, yeah. you know, more expensive, as you know, to get, but uh, the fact that you don't need to put gas in it and then, you know, you, you don't contribute to the, to the pollution problem is, is very satisfying. And, and pretty much the lack of maintenance. Yes, the lack of there. maintenance. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's another point. Yeah. Um, and what is... What, is your experience with uh, the dealerships out there for the Kona? Do they are they very willing to sell it? Are they try to push people more towards the gas Kona version, or or think, even servicing? I think it was kind of hard in the beginning because it, they did not, you know, really know the car. It's a new new car and everything. Yeah. Um, but as far as the dealership, uh, mostly is the service. You know, when you want uh, to have service or to, to change uh, stuff in it or do some recalls and everything, I find that they don't really know well. You know, the the car, They're not aware. You know, for example, recalls. Yeah. So m- by doing some re- research myself and everything, I, I figure that I know a lot more than do- they do. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, to let them know. Okay, yes, you have that recall. Yes, we need to do that and this. And for example, the tire press pressure, the, the pressure in the tires. You know, they're used to put, uh, I think, thirty-two psi, and uh, yeah. the electric car like the Kona, you need at least thirty-six psi, and in the winter time, you need forty psi. So these are the things that you need to check because you cannot rely really on them to know exactly. Yeah, uh, all the best thing to do for your car, which I feel is okay for us that are willing to put in that extra work. Yes, but I think I feel like to keep that EV momentum going, it's sort of gonna have to be on the dealership to actually know what's going on and what they're supposed to do. That's right. Like, don't get me wrong. I am very happy to promote electric vehicles. I just don't want to keep doing the dealership's job. Yeah, that, that's right. And uh, <laughs> on one part, you can understand, you know, it's, it's if yeah. new for them, although for Ion Day, they have the Ionix since a few years and everything, but still it's new for them. So yeah. 
like you say, we, we need to do some extra work on our part at the beginning. But eventually, I, I hope, you know, that they're, they're going to uh, know a lot more better, you know, the stuff they're, they're doing. Yeah. And I've also found uh, the dealership I bought it from, I actually no longer deal with because there's a dealership that's actually much farther away, but they're interested in it. They realize this is the future. They will look into issues, even if it takes way longer. They'll call me multiple times to make sure this is going on. Well, what is it supposed to be doing? That's right. And it's like, I'm perfectly happy with that. It's their willingness to keep moving it. Um, And uh, I guess on that note, let's get into this fantastic product that you have made. How, if you want to kind of describe the EV OBD2 to those that might not know what it is. Okay, so basically... I, I can maybe start a little bit by talking about why I made it, you know. Uh, yeah. In the Kona, like you know, uh, we have uh, only one screen where we see the state of charge of the main battery, okay? We have a, a bar, yeah. you know, uh, with uh, uh, steps and everything, but we had only one screen, and I that bothered me because, you know, I, I wanted to know, uh, well, exactly at what percent, you know, am everything yeah so this was the idea that triggered you know um, myself to start you know a project on this and then as i you know did a lot of research and everything figured out how to read the you know pids to get information from the car battery temperature power uh, energy and all that stuff so i figured i would you know uh, put more information in there and then uh, to build on that on that uh, feature. So this is why I put some hours in and everything, and and I you know started that project, which I love. I love having the option of actually seeing the percentage and the range. That's basically the screen that it's always on for me. My wife changes it to the, the internal interior temperature. I quickly change it back. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> but, uh... I see. And one thing that I found <laughs> it very useful for is to know the actual temperature of the battery because, you know, the, yes. the, the power that the car can take uh, depends on the temperature. The, you know, the higher the temperature, the more power you'll get, you know, at the level three charging station. And, and yeah. so that that's useful, you know, for that that. The type of scenario too to actually know you know at the, this uh, five degrees Celsius or fifteen degrees uh, Celsius you start to get more and more power and at twenty six uh, Celsius you get more power so that's another thing you know that interested me at that time when I build that and have you used it to because there's winter mode on our Konas. Have you used it to actually see if that works? Yes. Well, basically, I've seen, uh, I monitored the heater, you know, the heater uh, does the heater kicking and everything. And actually, that's one point that I I think I uh, I could improve eventually in the future. 
uh, if I compare, for example, to Tesla, uh, because the, the heater is only kicking in to warm up the battery uh, at some point when you charge the, the car, you know, at level two or yeah. level three, it does not really do um, preemptive or, you know, it does not really kick in uh, prior to, to charge. So that's, that's oh, okay. something that, you know, IND could improve eventually. To, to make it more intelligent or smart, and, uh, that's yeah. it. So, but the, the winter mode, uh, as far as I've seen, uh, I mainly seen the uh, the heater function. You know, when does the heater kick in to you know raise the the yeah. temperature of the battery pack to accept more power? Because I was figuring once it actually finally gets cold here, we've had quite the warm spell um, and actually do a longer trip and actually watch that battery temperature now that I can do it a lot easier. Um, but, um, and so at what point uh, in all your research did you think to make essentially a product that you would sell? Or did it start with you making something for yourself and somebody seeing it? And yeah, that's right. Basically, I started to do it by for myself and everything. And I I figured at some point that uh, it did raise the interest of other people, you know, in my communities, more in Quebec. Yeah. And then uh, some people said, "Oh yes, I would be interested to to have a device like this because." One of the main goals of, of the device is that it's simple to use. You know, it's plug-and-play yes. device. And then one of the big disadvantages is that if you use another system with your cell phone, you need to have an app and everything, uh, you need to get yep. uh, you know, a lot of information. You need to do a lot of stuff, transfer PID files in your app, uh, customize your screen, you know, it, it takes quite a while, you know, even if you're technical, you can, you know, play uh, two, three, four, five hours or, you know, to, to design it exactly yeah. like you want. So I wanted to do something simple. And the second thing is that I always wanted to have my system uh, on, you know, I did not want to, okay, take yeah. my cell phone, start the app, put the, the cell phone on my dash uh, in a holder of some kind and everything. I wanted to do, okay, I get in, uh, I start a car, I start to drive, and I have the info whenever I want it, you know? So this was one of the main yeah. goals, uh, besides the fact that, you know, I do not want to leave a cell phone in my car all the time and everything. So I wanted to, to have something that is reasonable, small, and then plug and play. So this was, you know, one of the main goals. And then people started to be interested in everything. So at that point, I said, well, you know, that may be interesting to, to actually make a product and to make it available to, to people. So th this is why, you know, I decided to uh, to make it available, you know. Yeah. Um, the size of it, is that intentional? It seems to fit right nicely uh, to the USB uh, in the cubby hole. Yes, yes. Well, I wanted to have something small. Uh, obviously, not too small because you want to be able to read the digits and the numbers 
than everything. Yeah. Uh, but that's another thing. You know, I did not want to have something big, even a cell phone with all the parameters all at once. Uh, I wanted to, to move away from that. So I really did some research to see, you know, what kind of board I could use and everything. And then uh, this is why I've selected, you know, a small unit like this to, to develop and to program it. And with the cell phone side of it, when you have your cell phone running an app, you no longer can use it for other stuff. Like even when my wife is in the passenger seat, she'll just grab my phone to search for whatever. Where if you're using that then to try to get this info, you no longer have the info you want. Where this with even, I think you seem to only have about three is the maximum number of items per screen. Um, so it's a very easy to read. Uh, setting like there's not a whole lot of stuff to try to figure out what is the piece I want yeah that's correct so that's correct um, and what you're saying right the, the phone mainly you want to use it for something else some people use it with the car play yeah. or whatever uh, and then uh, Android Auto or something like that so you know, it's, it's nice to have something that is separate, but that gives you information that, you know, you would like to see at some point. Yeah. And have you had any dealers contact you to, I, I would think this be a great product to sell with a vehicle. It's a, but has has any dealers attempted to contact yes, you? Yes, actually, yes, and I I'm actually in discussion with the dealer in Quebec, in, in a few towns in Quebec, because more and more you get um, these type of cars will go into the second market. You know, people are going yeah. to sell them and everything. And one of the feature of the unit is that you can see the state of health of the battery and stuff like that. So for them, yes. it's going to be very nice, you know, to have this device to, to you know, quickly check, you know, in, in the car, the, the, the information on the car. So actually, yes, I'm in actually right now in discussion with them. And then it may happen eventually okay. to start in Quebec, you know. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because as soon as I set it up and was looking through it, I'm like, this would be perfect for a dealer. Um, and, and have you, because with the state of health that it shows, have you had any pushbacks from dealers because it shows that? Uh, I'm just thinking more of if a battery starts dropping really quick, it you're seeing that as an issue right away type deal. So possible warranty type yeah. issues. Uh at that um, point, because the, the car is so new, and then uh, I, I think I've seen in one case, in one car, that state of L was not yeah. 100%. So it dropped actually at 99% uh, for one car. And then, uh, so at that point, it's not a big issue from what I And I'm yeah. in the beginning of the discussion with the dealers and everything. So this, you know, we did not have any... Uh, issue on that and probably know that the the, the yeah. Kona for instance and the Nero and everything uh, 
they build an extra buffer on the battery, you know, because officially they yeah. sell it as a 64 kilowatt hour uh, battery per car. And then the real battery capacity is slightly higher, around 67 kilowatt per hour. So yeah. at that point, uh, and that, that's something that, that is interesting because uh, even for Ionics, uh, the, the, uh, there, it, it takes quite a long time, you know, one, two uh, years or so to start to see a degradation, you know, in the state of health. Yeah. And I guess I should have asked this before. What vehicles does this work okay. on? Okay, it works on the, the, the Kona EV, uh, on the Kia Niro EV or Niro. Uh, it works on the uh, on the Kia Soul, and then, but on the Kia Soul starting from the year twenty twenty plus. This is something actually okay. that is going to be corrected on my website, the, the way it's written and everything. And then for the, the Kia Niro EV, it's uh, for all the year, uh, for starting from 2019 and up for the 100% electric version. Oh. Because I think there's an hybrid version of the, the Niro also. But it doesn't work. On I've... I've heard there's plug-in versions of both the Kona and the Niro. I have never seen any, but um, is there a reason you're sticking to the Hyundais and Kias? Is this something that you could branch out to other electrics, or is there something that just doesn't make that Actually, work? Actually, it's a very good question, <laughs> and it's funny because I, I'm in discussion with dealers and uh Places in Quebec where they use a lot of cars, like the, the Chevrolet Bolt, for example, yeah. which is a lot popular, the yes. Chevy Bolt. Uh, the, the new uh, Ford Mackie that is going to get out, you know. So yep. there's maybe, you know, uh, something that will be in development for those cars eventually. Uh, but the main thing is that since I own a Kona, I developed it with my yeah. car and everything. Yeah. So it's it's fairly possible that in the next uh, weeks or months, you know, uh, ahead, you know, I will have access to other cars, and the bolt would be a very nice car to do this, you know, to do a device like this. Yeah. And I I got some re request about that, so it's going to come fairly, you know, uh, in the in the next months, I think. So would that mean you would have to? essentially rewrite the whole code and all that for each different vehicle or actually is it a lot less work or actually, you're not sure uh, most of the code a lot of code would be common to everything you know like bluetooth okay. communication and stuff like that asking for data and everything yeah so i would say that uh probably 60 or 70% of the code would be, you know, uh, standard or common. And there would be some yeah. minor differences or small differences between the, uh, the the models, you know, the car models, and what parameters we can actually get in that car and the other car. So, so it, it will 
would be a lot faster, you know, to develop a version for, uh, for example, a Bolt or a Ford, a Mackie or whatever, you know, since most of the work yeah. is done, you know, to start with. And especially with the Bolt, I'm noticing kind of the ones that started off on the four-year lease are now getting resold. So it'd be nice to at least know for sure what the battery state of health is and all that. That's correct. Um, so uh, I think we're at, you know, we're at the beginning of the, the uh, of the EV era and everything. There's going to be more cars like the yeah. Bolt and the second hand market is coming in. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be interesting to to, to develop things, you know, for other cars as well. And so is this a full time job? Or are you the only one? Kind of only employee of EVOBD2, or yes, I'm the only I'm now... the developer and the for for at that time it's it's a one person you know company. I would do everything myself yeah. and everything. Uh, eventually, that may change, oh. but up to now, it's uh, it's a personal project that came you know uh, into a product. Oh, okay, and. Uh... I notice there's the new screens on the 2.0 version. Was there a reason you, on the first version, that those weren't available? Or it you just didn't see it as something that was needed at yeah, the time? Yeah, that's correct. Or? At that time, uh, for the first version, uh, I wanted to get the information you know, from the car. Uh, temperature, energy, state of health, uh, power, and everything. And as time went by, yeah. you know, and using the car and everything, well, I said, you know, it may, it may be interesting to, to get some other functions or to get actually the, the trip the meter, the trip B, uh, which we don't have in the Kona right now. We have related trips information yeah. and everything. And the average speed for some people, you know, it's interesting to see, well, I did a trip uh, of, uh, let's say, one one hour, one and a half hour, two hours. But what was my real speed? So yeah. this is something I added. And then um, I got, actually, it's very interesting because uh, I got feedback from a lot of my customers, you know, to, to uh, push me requests or it would be interesting to do this and that. Actually, the recent base gum, you know, the revised range screen was yeah. actually uh, an idea that came from one of our customer, one of my customer. And I said, well, that's interesting. And we pushed around this idea and we, we you know, we made it that way. And, and I guess for those that don't necessarily know, uh, the recent base gum or gasometer uh that's actually the screen i always have mine on uh is so it has the battery percentage your kilowatt hours per 100 kilometer average consumption and then the how many kilometers are left but you do it different than how the main gom does it do you want to tell people how yours is uh done compared to what Hyundai or Kia yes. do so, for theirs? Uh, in the car, mainly, uh, they, they analyze or they, they look at 
uh, a few kilometers back, you know, in the trip uh, to, to base the conception yeah. of the car and to make the estimate of the range, the remaining range. And then um, in some cases when there's a difference in consumption, let's say you, you drive a, a full day uh, normally uh, without anything on your roof or and then the next day uh, you start driving, but you know you put uh, a box on your roof or skis and everything. So the consumption is, is uh, increasing. So the idea is that yeah. uh, in the EV OBD2, it looks at the last 50 kilometers, kilometers or roughly the last uh, half hour or 30 minutes driving to uh, analyze the consumption. And then to make a more, you know, uh, accurate, uh, you know, estimation of yeah. the range. And actually, what I found really interesting, I was listening to, to the podcast that you did the, the other day about the unit, and you said something very interesting. You said yeah. that you, you like to use that screen, and then you say uh, you said that you look at the range on the car and the range on the on the ED two. And you actually yeah. use the the lowest amount or the the, the lowest to to be an yeah whichever whoever's lower is that's correct what I and go I find that really interesting because you know that's the, the the that's one of the main goal also is that you want to be you know on the safe side and then uh, on the opposite yeah. side it's I don't know if you heard some stories that people use the. For instance, the, the Kona to, to try to get the most out of it or to hyper mile, to try to uh, drive and to have the maximum range by going to at a lower speed. Yeah. And then in that case, obviously, uh, in theory, you could get, you know, 600 or 700 kilometers, but the unit, uh, display in the car will not show that. But if you decrease the consumption and everything, on the on the unit, you can see at some point that the range is going to increase on the EV OBD2. Which is nice to know, uh, especially uh, this past summer, I actually did a trip out to Alberta and there was actually one part that it wasn't quite hypermiling, but I definitely found the semis to follow behind and I was doing about 80 on the highway. To make sure I get to that That's next correct. charge, where with this it actually would give me a that bit more accurate of a number that I would have than what Hyundai would give me because they're looking at the past what thousand or so kilometers that I've done versus what I'm doing. That's right, and right in now. a real life scenario, we talk about hypermiling, but we don't do it on purpose mostly. You drive on the highway and then you yeah. come. I live in Montreal, and when you come to the city, you know there's yeah. a lot of traffic depending at what time you're, you're coming in and you're going very, very slow. You're stuck in traffic and everything. So uh, you can see that consumption is reducing, so your range is actually won't drop fast uh, as fast as before. So bit short you're saying oh at least yeah. i have x amount of kilometers that i you know i have more so i should be okay to you know to arrive home or something like that yeah it's that peace of mind yes. that it gives you um is there anything 
that you would like to say about your product? Is there, like, I know in the, I guess it's been about a month that I've been using it, and it's fantastic. I've used the different apps before, and this is the most easy to use, gives me relevant information out of anything I've seen out there. Um, but the floor is open to you, whatever you would like to say about uh, yeah. so the product. What I can say is that uh, uh, there's space for evolution. So there's, uh, you know, like you say, I released version two and you only know version two because you, you did not know the version one. But yeah. there's a lot of ideas in the works to, you know, to build on that and to add some other extra you know, uh, for instance, uh, an automatic uh, battery capacity measurement, for example, besides state of health, because the state okay. of health is what high end is telling you, you know, the battery is 100% and everything. Yeah. But you could actually have something that is going to measure the actual battery capacity, you know, in a more accurate way. So with these are other ideas that, you know, uh, are going to be built uh, on the product. And then uh, it's possible for, you know, people who have the device to um, eventually uh, upgrade, you know, or add uh, uh, some other function in the unit. So it's something that is, uh, that I believe in, you know, to make the product evolve. So that's something interesting. Yeah. And I guess going with the whole uh, version 2.0, um, if you do have that version one, you instead of buying a whole new product, you can actually essentially just pay a little bit for a software upgrade, which I I think is fantastic. It's it's almost like you're constantly improving. It's you're still getting the bang yeah, for the correct. buck. That's correct. So that's the main thing is um, that. You, you already have the unit, so eventually when there's some big change, I'm not talking about here about, you know, let's say some bugs or a correction or yeah. stuff like that, which actually could, you know, uh, does not, you know, require a new version or, or everything. But if you make, you know, a lot of changes, you, yeah. you really add uh, extra value, you know, to the functionality. It's something that is great at yeah. some point. And like you say, uh, the person can only uh, upgrade, you know, the unit and, you know, use the, the new version. And it kind of goes back to the whole EV thing of being environmentally responsible instead of just tossing out this unit to go into a landfill or whatever. You're just updating it, making it new again. That's correct. Um Is there anything you would have done if you could go back? Anything you would have done differently um, with either the product or how you've um, put the screens or anything like uh, that? Well, or did you do multiple iterations before even what we see? That you've kind of made yeah, all the mistakes, and yeah, I did kind of got it where you want it at the beginning. And uh, for example, at some point, I was thinking about using the, the the display, 
which is a rectangular display on the horizontal side instead of vertical, you know, be able to, to move yeah. it, you know. And I found that, I found out that, uh, for instance, if you have driving uh, sunglasses and you drive and you have yeah. polarized uh, glasses, yeah. So if you switch the screen horizontally, you don't see anything, you know. So they oh. do, these are the things. So I was, oh. you know, I had to use the, the display that way. And in the end, I, I, in the end, I think it's okay. very nice because, you know, uh, uh, the socket to yeah. plug the unit is at the bottom and everything. So, uh, but these are the kind of things that I discovered along the way. So... Uh, there were yeah. a lot of iteration and changes and everything. And then, uh, you know, we keep on improving it. And actually things are maybe improved in the, in the plastic case, for example, uh, to make the unit more robust and everything. So there's a lot of things that, you know, I'm thinking of uh, eventually change in the future. Uh, is this something you would like to see expanded to other products or just maybe to other car yes. makes? Like I said before, you know, to, to, to do a product, a similar type of product for, you know, the, the, the GM cars, the Chevrolet, and, you know, that, yeah. that would be interesting. So this is something that, you know, may be expanded to do different types of cars. Awesome. And is there, I guess, anybody that may be looking possibly at it, but not quite sure if it's something that would benefit them? What would you like well, to tell those people? I would say people? that for me, it's very interesting because one of a customer, one customer told me, well, if you only added, if you only add one screen with the, the battery percentage, you, he said to me, I would have be happy with that. Okay, so that's one thing. Uh, and other people told me, well, state of health is, is very nice, you know. Um, so basically, it's, and then the, the power, the battery temperature, which is critical for charging, all of these yeah. things are nice features, you know. So some people are less interested in, in some functions. Others are very interested, for example, for monitoring the 12 volt battery, which we didn't talk very much. But uh, I know some people who had a lot of problems with their 12 volt battery, you know, and they had issues and everything. So they were using that screen quite a bit. So it really depends, you know, on the, on the, the use and the type of people. I guess, yeah, that is, I kind of, I guess I've never had the 12 volt battery issue, but yeah, the 12 volt battery, it, uh, I'm just going to find that screen right here, but, um, it's actually really nice cause you can watch it charging or discharging. I guess I've also always had in the cigarette plugs, I actually have a uh, deal that tells me yeah. the battery voltage. So yeah. I've never really thought of it, but yes, for those that don't have, the extras or whatever it is actually a fantastic thing it does tell even the amperage and all that uh, current to amps current voltage 
and the state of charge on it, which is fantastic, especially for those worried about the battery issues. It's kind of that advance warning that yes. something And might one, one other thing that oh. I found interesting is that um, uh, for the energy screen, for the kilowatt hours, it's, it's interesting that you can monitor how many um, kilowatt hours were actually charged in your battery as opposed to what the charger is uh, is outputting. For example, you charge your car overnight, and then if you have a, a smart charger or if you go on a public charger and everything, it's going to tell you, well, the charge was yeah. uh, 44, for instance, a kilowatt hour. If you look at the, what energy actually got inside the, the car, if you reset the energy counter, you may see that you get 39 kilowatt hours. So the difference you can actually see yeah. the the uh, the efficiency, uh, you know, of the uh, uh, of the car, you know, what energy is being lost, you know, from the, yeah. uh, in the process of converting, which can be due to trying to get that battery up to optimal temperature the cord there's all sorts of stuff that yeah we're sort of paying for that we that, don't that's sort correct. of get um uh i don't want to take up it's too okay. much of your time so uh is is there anything you would like to say uh else about your product and the constant improvements or whatever um Whatever you'd like to say about okay, your well, it's, product. It's, it's available. It's there. Uh, you can you know, get more information, more details, the manuals and everything on the, on the website, evobd2.com. Uh, and that's two, the number right. two, not then, the word. Uh, you, know, yeah. you can look around, see what the unit does, see a few pictures, videos get to know the product and if it's interesting for you there's you know it's available and it you yes. do ship and worldwide that's another thing correct? that is interesting there's a lot of people in canada uh who likes them uh you know i ship across canada uh in the state as well uh something that i may add is that in the version two i added you know the the Real units like the Fahrenheit's for the temperature and the miles. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of units that I, you know, I send to the UK, who are you know working in miles and Fahrenheit's too. Um, yeah. So and then in some countries yeah. in Europe, like Norway and everything, there, there there's more and more EVs. So it's something that you know is available worldwide at that point. Awesome. Um, uh, I definitely think we'll be talking again once you get onto possibly even uh, the Chevy Bolt or grow to be this international powerhouse of knowledge for EV owners. Um, but uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, is there, other than the website, evdobd2.com, uh, 
what's the best place for people to find you, ask you questions? Well, it's mainly from the website. Uh, either on the web or, for example, okay. on Facebook, you can you know search uh, EV or BD2, you'll find a Facebook page. So these are mainly the, the two... Uh, Yep. The two main contact points that people can, you know, uh, get in touch with. And I'll put those. Perfect. I'll put those in the show notes if anybody wants those. And uh, I really, uh, I really awesome. enjoy, you know, um, talking to you, and I appreciate that you invite me on your podcast, which is, you know, very interesting. And I hope there's going to be more and more uh, podcasts and like yours in Canada, which is awesome. <laughs> We definitely need more about our lovely yeah. chilly weather. Um, and it's always great talking to people that are far smarter than me uh, that are making these great products for those of us here in the cold to actually get that's way right. more oh, out great. of our vehicles. And I really, uh, you know, thank you for the this opportunity, you know, to, to uh, talk to you about the product. Awesome. Thank you, Jane. Thank you very much. You, you too. Have, you have yourself a great night. Bye. I want to thank again Jean-Pierre for his time and knowledge. Uh, extremely smart man. And uh, hopefully he's able to actually get more of these out and more people actually a lot more knowledgeable on uh, kind of the inner workings of their electric vehicle. Gives that peace of mind that we're all looking for. Um so, uh, I do highly suggest you guys take a look at his website. It's evobd and the number two dot com. That uh, the link is going to be in the show notes. Uh, feel free to check that out and purchase yourself one. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, in due time he's able to get that out to the other electrics out there that like the Bolton. I'm not sure there might be another one out there for Tesla already, but uh, hopefully he can uh, reach out to the other electric vehicles and uh, get that going. I'm making a bunch of noise here. Hopefully you guys can't hear it. And uh, But uh, just like Eric and the others did, um, the comment about my... Uh, the quality i guess of the podcast was actually on facebook so that's it was just a comment off of my share of the podcast so that's why i can't find it again but uh feel free to reach out to me um with those feedback again i say positive negative i take it all and hopefully i can learn and make this a better podcast for everybody and on that note i do uh say hey guys uh, feel free to reach out to me you can reach out to me uh, as a voice message on anchor which that's how eric reached out to me um and again so voice anchor or voice message on anchor you could uh find me on twitter at ev underscore north you can find me at at facebook uh, true north ev and uh you can find me on youtube there's a few videos on there one is actually of the evobd2 kind of unboxing it uh and another one that 
There was the complaint about the quality. I'm sorry, I am not a very good uh, videographer, I guess. Not a very good podcaster either, but uh, videographer, podcaster, learning it all. Um, and again, go check out Kilowatt and uh, EV Resource. Those guys have way more knowledge, way more news, way more uh, info than I do, uh, and way better podcasters than I am. Uh, EV Resources also has, he does YouTube videos, so he's a way better videographer than I am, and he does a, a monthly magazine called EV Resource. So, yeah, go check those guys out. Again, those links are in the little show notes below and uh yeah feel free to contact me i take it all in you guys have yourself a great day